Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Everyone, this is Brother Aaron. This is DTW Ministries live here at Facebook. We were on Blog Talk Radio, 319-527-6091 is the number to call in um, just to listen on online. Um, and we're here live on Facebook. I just want to thank God you know, for all of you that are here with us. You know, we just bless God for your attendance and your support continuously, you know, um, in the ministry and just supporting me, you know, as I continue to move forward in the things that God has for us. You know, we thank God for you. You know, um, we don't take it for granted, you know, that people tune into the broadcast, but we want to make sure um, that we have something for you when you do tune in. So, um, as always, we want to open with prayer. Um, So, God, we do thank you and we bless you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for this, a brand new day, and you brought us even to this time in the evening where we can come together and share a word. We just pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so God bless you. God bless you. I told you every time um, this ministry is really just a reflection of a personal walk, you know, um, as I learn, as I continue to experience different things in the Lord um, that he presses on my heart, you know, some things that I, I might learn a, a month ago, but for some reason they continue to regurgitate in my spirit. And if something happens like that where I'm getting the same message over and over in my spirit, you know, I, then those are the ones that I share uh, with you. And today uh, it's about our environment. You know, um, you have heard saying that you're a product of your environment, you know, uh, where you come from and where you were raised. You know, um, e- even even me, you know, you know when when I would get so so mad or upset, I said, you know where I'm from. <laughs> you know, have, have you ever had that um, and had that um, saying or had that experience where you know when anger rises up, when um, pride rises up, when rage rises up, we 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 want to refer to. Um, our environment as the um, authenticity of our anger, as the authenticity or even the author of our rage and, and, and our danger. You know, so, so we, we thank God that um, the Bible lets us know, you know, in John, excuse me, and Mark, that there's nothing, you know, um, from without the man that entering in defiles the man, you know, but those things which come out of them. Those are the things that defile the man. So the Lord encouraged my heart to let me know that, hey, it's not what environment you're, you're raised in. It's not what family you brewed or brought into, but it's what you live out. You know, even by we're known by the things that we live out. We're not known from where we come from. You know, I was talking to a guy at the supermarket, and um I made a couple of statements that I was just talking regular. I, I, I didn't pay really attention to my accent, but when I said a couple of words, she said New York or Philly. I said, "What?" She said, "You were from one of the places because of what was coming out my my um 
language, you know, and the accent, my diction, some of the words, John, you know, John is a silly word, you know, but now there's in a dictionary, so it's, it's, it's going international, you know, uh, so certain things that come out of you where people can pick up that they, you are a certain person or from a certain place or geographically, you know, by accent, geographically, you're from this place, you're from that place. You know, and, and as I began to even think about this, a saying came up, say, we wear, because we wear our issues, you know, our problems, our burdens differently. We can be raised in the same house, in the same environment, but the way that we carry our burdens, the way that we carry ourselves can be completely different. So we know that it's not always a product of environment because even you, if you have more than one, two, three siblings, we know that all of us are not exactly alike. We have we carry our own experience, although we're in the same environment, we don't all come out because we, we understand, or I'm beginning to understand through the word of God that what's in me does not dictate how I act because Bible says that we always have sin. I'm not a sinner, but I understand that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I understand that in my flesh dwelleth sin. I know that I understand the Bible lets me know that he that says he has no sin, it doesn't say he that says he hasn't sinned. It says he that says he has no sin. Why? Because sin is in our members. It's, it's in our nature. It's in our very innate desires to do what's contrary to the will of God and the word of God because sin is in our members. And because I understand and begin to recognize that I don't live by my desires. The Bible tells us you can't live by our desires. Why we can't live by our desires, brother? Because our desires are not that of God. <laughs> our desires are not the desires of God. Naturally, we go into the things that we gravitate to. We have our own proclivities. We have we have those things that we like. Yo, and, and the problem with that is that God has given us a law, and, and I was on this um, on our last broadcast, the law of sin and death, you know, the, the law of life, you know, and peace. But it, there, there is a law that we have to live by. You, we, we want the results of the law but no accountability to the law. We, we, we want the protection of the police, but, 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 no, but no respect for the police. We, we, we want to have our cake and eat it too. And, and the thing they were talking about this morning you know, in the house was that um, God doesn't send people to hell, you know, and because of a statement that was on, on Facebook. But, but the response was he, he doesn't. We were already on our way out of his presence. We we were already condemned with the world because God answers in eternity. We got to get this. God answers in eternity. God, God's word comes through time, but God's word is eternal. God answers in eternity. The, the word of God, we, we understand that God cannot lie. Why? Because if God would tell a lie, his, his, so he's so powerful. He's so mighty. He's so omniscient. He, he's so God that if he would lie, everything would have to line up and make what he said true. Everything would have to change. Everything that he says is true. Every, that's why God doesn't have idle words. 
That's why God doesn't 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 engage in small talk. Man, we know the Holy Spirit speaks to God's spirit. We know that God communicates with us on the inside. But remember, we we everyone wants God. But God chose to reveal himself in these last days, and Hebrews said, you know, he spoke to us in diverse manners, different ways, various ways, has chosen in these last days to speak to us through his son. And no one wants to hear the son. We remember when Moses was in front of the children, the children of Israel, people got tired. We, we, we don't want to hear Moses. We, we, we can listen. We can hear God, too. We, we can listen. Why can't we hear God? Why, who is you that you're going to set yourself as a king over us? Why can't we hear from God? We want to hear God. God said, listen, get them together at the mouth. I'm going to come down. I'm going to talk to them. And when God began to come down with car vapor and smoke, thunderings, earthquakes, as in his majesty began to come down and communicate with man, they like, whoa, 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 hold up, Moses, hold up, hold up, what's going on? He said, you God coming to talk to y'all. Y'all want to talk to God? God said, okay, I'm coming. He said, listen, oh, whoa, we don't want to talk to God no more. We'll listen to you. And we're at the same place where the rage of man comes to a head where everyone wants to approach God when God has already made and opened the door through Christ. God has already made the way. He's already made the way plain. He's already made the way of escape plain. He's already made the instruction plain. But we're trying to say we still want to hear from God. The problem is is that God already said the next time he speaks, it's going to be, hey, my, the next time he speaks, it's not going to be because we're at the mountain. It's because we're going to be those that will be at the great white throne judgment. The next time he speaks, my God, heaven and earth will pass away. And the next time he speaks, the elements will melt with fervency. The next time he speaks, we don't want God to speak. But if we, if we really recognize he's been speaking all along, through the word. We want to say that, yo, it's because of my mom. It's because of my dad. It's because of my uncle. It's because of my It's because of my upbringing. It's because of my friends. It's because of my neighborhood. Listen, 2 Corinthians 4 say, well, we're troubled on every side. Paul had already experienced the upbringing. He's already experienced the trauma, the trouble as a Christian coming up in a cultural society that was rejecting, that was against the will of the Lord. Yet we're not in distress, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? Why am I always dying? Why am I always having to find myself to take up the back seat, to humble myself? Why? That the life of Christ may be manifest or made manifest in my body. I have to reject the desires that I would not. I have to reject my own proclivities. I have to reject even some things that I think I'm justified in being angry about because I desire the life of Christ to be manifest in my life. How much do you want God in your life? Your environment is no longer an excuse. I put down as a topic Hell's Kitchen. You know, Hell's Kitchen is a, is a real place. Yo, neighborhoods where they call, yo, Hell's Kitchen, and, and some of these, yo, know, little, little Babylon and all these places that were wild. 
I mean, they they were okay corral 24-7. I mean, you go in there, it was a dangerous place. But people lived there, and people grew up there. There was a place in the Bible, you know, and people said, you from, you from what? You from North Philly, North with an F, not North with an F. We from North Philly, and people say, what? You from North Philly? Whoa, how long you lived there? Because most of these neighborhoods like that came with a stigma to it. They, they came with a reputation behind it. They came where it, it was even in, in the Bible where it said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? In, in John, in the book of John, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It, and it was just like the ghettos that we live in today. And, and it wasn't a ghetto town, but it was off the path. It was it wasn't it wasn't a major city, you know. It was it was what they would call bumpkins, you know. And you, it's hillbillies, you know. It's country folk down here in Georgia. You know, your people up in the big city look down on country folk. You know, we slow down here, you know. And it, it was the same same thought process when this came. Any good thing, really, man. We talking about the Messiah. We're talking about greatness. We're talking about the one that's going to lead Israel. And you trying to tell me he came out of Nazareth? He, are you serious? That that was the that was the connotation. That that was the hint that he was making. You know, are is these areas conducive for growth? But I had to go back where it's not what's outside. It's not what's outside the man that defiles the man. You know, and in contrary with that, it's not what's outside the man that makes the man. But what's inside? When will we look inside? When will we look inside? And I'm not talking about that God dwells in us. We're not talking about humanism. We're not talking about that, yeah, we are all God. That's not That's not the conversation. But what I'm saying is we, there is a place where God sits in our hearts through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, where he's molding and making us. And that inner man that we get in touch with through prayer, through fasting, through meditation, through consecration, through holy living, sometimes it's through trouble. Sometimes it's through persecution that we have to get in touch beyond our environment, beyond where we're raised, beyond where we're from, beyond where we're born to bear Christ in our lives. People are seeing a lot of things. There's a lot of shenanigans going over across broadcasting, across social media, broadcasting on the TV. That's everywhere. A lot of craziness. People don't want to be entertained. They might laugh. They might joke. They might come back to see what you're going to pull off next week. But people talking about us behind our back. Have you ever thought that people came just to, you know, Dave Chappelle said it this way. He knew the difference between people laughing with him and people that are laughing at him. I think the problem of the Christian, the problem of some of our churches is that we don't recognize when the world is laughing at us and not laughing with us. We're trying to, we're changing Christ into a culture. We're changing church into culture. We're changing the gospel into a cultural gospel that's accepting the culture. No, the gospel has to contradict. It has to be above the culture. It, Christ has to be above. We, we, that, my God, when you're in a neighborhood, place you stay, can can, can everybody know? We know in, in the, I know I 
I ain't going to tell you my nickname. But I know I had a nickname. And I began, since I liked it, I wanted to match the suave and debonair or the coolness that I thought came with the name. Even if I go back to those neighborhoods 40 years later, someone will still call me by that. Now, I'm a grown man. I'm over 60 years old, but people will still call me by my nickname because that's the environment. That's how they saw me. They never seen me as Brother Aaron. They, they never seen me as Minister Williams. They never seen me as Reverend Aaron. They never seen me. They seen me as my nickname. And some of us have moved and, and can still carry that stigma, still carry that attitude into Christendom, still carry that spirit into Christendom, where when we get upset, when we get into a situation, that persona comes up, and we try to blame it on our environment. We try to blame it on our upbringing. We try to blame it and remind me. We remind people in a heartbeat, yo, you know where I'm from? You know who I really am? If you don't see Jesus, you don't want to see me. You, you better deal with this side of me because you don't want to deal with that side of me. Some of us are scared of our old land because we know the capacity of which our anger takes us. So we try to bury him when the Lord is trying to purge us from him, that he won't come back again. We understand he, the old man still is in, these, in this flesh, in our will, in our nature, but there's a new nature. That's why if any man be in Christ, he's a, listen, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, and all things are of God. But how can you recognize the new if you're trying to do it on your own, if you're trying to do it based on what you know? The, the new man is renewed in Christ Jesus, where what? Our old man dies daily, but yet inwardly we're renewed day by day. Do you know, child of God, that there's a renewing for you every day? Do you know that there's a refreshing for you available every day? Yeah, we, we understand there's a new mercy. We are, but do you understand that there is a renewing in our spirit every day if we just avail ourselves to God in prayer, in praise, in worship, in service? Up there is a renewing in the inner man through the word every day. There is a renewing in our spirit every day through prayer. There is a renewing in us available every day through worship, through praise. If we would avail ourselves, we go into these old, even Daniel. <clears throat> so much, because I found out earlier in the week, this is Tuesday, so it could have been no later than, no earlier than Sunday, that Solomon's name wasn't Solomon. <laughs> I didn't know that Solomon's original name wasn't Solomon. We know even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But those were the names given to them by the Chaldeans. Their real names was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And we, we by people, I know y'all by the scars on it. I know y'all know that. But why do we refer to them always as their names that were given by the pagans, that was given by the enemy. And some of us carry that same, that same persona, that same name. People don't know us 
by our given name. They know us by the name that we adopted when we were indoctrinated in sin. When sin became our habitation, most of us got a new name. When sin became our dwelling, most of us got a new name in the form of a nickname, whether it was part of your real original name or a name somebody just gave you out of the blue. You know what? You look like a so-and-so. You look like a so-and-so. I'm going to call you and everybody, oh, yeah, you do, and, and that name stuck. Oh, yeah, she do, and that name stuck. And we became and walked in that persona because we liked it. But God has given us a new name songwriter said, I got a new name written in glory, and it's mine. Lord says in the revelation that we have a name written on a white stone that only he knows. I believe, this is I, my belief, I believe that that new name is that new nature that we get when we come to Christ. That new name is the name he gave us in eternity. He didn't just write that name down. That name was the name we always had in his presence. It's that, that name is the name that we always had in eternity, that he named us for our purpose, that he named us according to his plans for our lives on this earth, in this realm. Ezra, Mishael, Hananiah, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Abednego. Shad, listen, Hananiah means the grace of God, the gift of God. The name that they gave him, Shadrach, means a reflection of of God. But they were t- not talking. Of, that's not good because they were talking about Aku, their God, which was the moon God. So they took him from a gift of God, the grace of God, to a reflection of the moon God or a reflection of their God, Aku. Mishael was, who is like God? And they gave him the name Meshach, which is Aku, who is like Aku. They changed him from, yeah, okay, who is like, who, who is like Jehovah, to who is like Aku. So, so they, all they, they changed, listen, they didn't just change the name. They changed his God. My goodness. They, they, they didn't just change his name. They changed the very God that he served in his name. Azariah was helped by God, and Abednego meant a servant or slave of their God. Again, Aku. So it was from help to slave. It was from who is like him, who is like the Lord, to who is like the moon God. My goodness, just through a name. And people don't think that a name makes a difference. A a name makes a lot of difference when you change God. But when you change environments, my goodness. I was driving down the street. Down here is a farm down here going down this road, this road that turns off of a small street. And I'm going to work in the morning. And you go down, once you turn past this light, it's a straight it's a straight shot to the next like four miles. And you go past this large farm and the farm's ground is lower than the road. And when you come past and it's about seven thirty, it's often filled with fog, often filled with clouds. And I know, you know, that clouds are or fog is clouds that formed on the ground. 
the same barometric pressures, the same atmosphere that existed in the heaven, that existed in the stratosphere that produced clouds is now the same environment created at ground level that formed the fog. And the revelation that we got from that years ago is that this is how a Christian's life is to be produced. Why? Because God inhabits the praise. And if we want to change our environment, we have to live a life of praise. We have to live a life in worship. Why? Because we make the atmosphere that we're in conducive for the presence of God. Don't you want God's presence? Don't you want to continue feast? The Bible says that the day that that the just have a continual feast. We always, you know, that's the saying that they say in the street. We got it. We got to want to eat. We always eat. Yeah, but for the child of God, the environment of our table is built in the presence of God. That's why David could say, I will go gay, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. I feel no evil because God, I've created an atmosphere that God delights to dwell in. I've created where I am. The same atmosphere, the same environment that's conducive for the Spirit of God to dwell with me. And that environment is not, you know, we're in the tangible. That environment is in my heart. My goodness. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of and, and put your town, put your city, put your neighborhood, put your family in that sentence and recognize that that good thing that's in us is not us. The good thing that's in us is his spirit. Remember, the Bible already tells us, hey, well, no good thing dwells in this flesh. But he that's in us is greater than he that's after us. We are greater than our environment because we have the greater one living on the inside. We we have the greater one living on the inside of us that we can be, as he said, more than conquerors, that we can be, as he said, above only and not believe that we can be the warriors, the men and women of God, the kings and priests, the heirs and joint heirs that he's called us and declared us to be in him. Listen, for in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Our being is in him. That's why we can go from place to place and make the difference and change the environment that people recognize because we bring an environment, we bring an atmosphere of God with us wherever we go. No longer are we looking for thermometers. No longer are we looking for thermometers on the wall to dictate the temperature in the room. We're going to come and we're going to dictate the temperature in the room. We're going to be thermostats. We're going to be those that change their environment and to make sure that the presence of the Lord is there. 
this is the challenge that I have for you tonight, and I'm and, and, I, and I'm I'm just about done. But this is the challenge that I have for you tonight. Stop making excuses. Stop stop making excuses for whatever reason, for whatever thing, for whatever upbringing, for whatever family trauma, for whatever has happened in your life. Stop making excuses because the greater one lives in you now. Stop making excuses because the greater one is your father. Stop making excuses because the greater one has already paid the price. The thing that's in you to do, I challenge you to do it. I mean, I, I got a challenge. I got books up here that I'm still writing. I'm challenging you to do those things, not, not just in the natural. I talk about my books often, talk about my writings often, but in the spiritual. I challenge you, as we're coming into the spring, let the Lord renew your spirit. Let him fill, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed. There's a renewing for you every day, and you have to search for it. You have to find it. Listen. Fear not, little flock, for it is our Father's good pleasure. Give us to give you and I the kingdom he desires. Don't you want people to see Christ? Do you think it's going to be easy? Do you think it's going to be a walk in the park? Do you think it's going to be peaches and cream? Do you think it's going to be rose-colored glasses? No, our enemy, the adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Why? Because he can't eat everybody. But he's going to try to attack everybody. He's going to try to fight everybody. He's going to try to come at everybody to see what you're made of, to see if you have any fight. On your knees. Do you have any fight? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Stop fighting your brother. Stop fighting your sister. Stop fighting your spouse and begin to get on your knees and fight the devil. Who else is there? We have no other adversary. We're not at odds against each other. Yeah, we might disagree, but we want to pray for each other. We're not going to fight and attack each other. Why? Because the Bible warns us that we have to be careful because if we continue to fight and attack each other, it says bite and devour each other. Take heed lest we be consumed one of another. We don't want to be guilty of destroying a person just because they disagree. We we don't want to be guilty of destroying a person just because they have a difference of opinion. We don't want to destroy a person just because they don't see it our way. But that's how we do. That's how we do often. That's how many of us do. Because we don't agree, we don't fellowship. Because we don't agree, we don't talk. Because we don't agree, we don't communicate. The devil is a liar. That's the reason why we have to communicate. Why? Because as much as different as we are, there's even more similarities if we begin to communicate. My body is consistent, consistent, consists of over 200 bones, but my skeletal system is in harmony with itself. It's so much in harmony with the rest of my body that when I move my bones, when I move my muscles, when the tendons that's attached 
touch you, when my skin, it doesn't disconnect. It moves in harmony. And the Lord is trying to get us to see, even through the illustrations in the Bible, that we are a body. The foot doesn't move the way that the arm does. The leg doesn't move the way that the hand does. But it moves in synchronicity with the rest and the body as a whole. And we have to learn how to move that way. And how do you do that, Brother Aaron? Through getting on your knees, through denying yourself, through humbling yourself in the presence of God and learning how to walk in cadence to what the Holy Spirit does. And you'll find the more you pray, the more you realize you need prayer for the things that God show you in the word about your heart. One thing that I've learned and I'm coming in, one thing that I've learned is that the, my offense shows me what's in my heart. When I'm offended, it shows me where I still is. The devil tries to give me to point the finger at the person who offended me. But when I'm offended, it lets me know I'm still alive in the flesh. Let, let me turn to Galatians because I want to read what are the works of the flesh real quick before we get out. I'm going to read this verse and chapter. I'm going to read then um, chapter 5 of Galatians, and I'm going to read all the way down to the end of chapter 5. This I say, then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. God understands the things that we desire to do, and he tells us that when you walk in the spirit, there's some things that's going to come up that you want to do. But when you know what the spirit is telling you that's something different, you can't do what you want. You have to obey what God tells you. And the problem is a lot of times we don't like what God tells us. That's the problem. We don't like it. So we try to fight. We try to justify what we do because of what people do. But you are not justified when you disobey God. Yeah, you might disagree with people. You might even justify yourself when it's just people, you know, one again, talking against or um, competing against or, you know, against, you know, I would say um, volleying between each other. But when God is in the picture, we have to answer to him to whom we have to do. We, we have to answer to God. But if you're led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. And that goes back because we're going to just start getting into this law, you know, in a few weeks. Now, the works of the flesh, and I want you to really listen to these, you know, um, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, variance, and it, it blew my mind that witchcraft was a work and a desire of my flesh. Remember, the spirit of disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. So disobedience, witchcraft works hand in hand with the children of disobedience and looked upon as the same. Why? Because we're trying to work the work of God by our own hand. 
by our own devices, by our own conniving, by spells and lies that we spew out of our own mouth, thus putting out word curses without knowing. We're doing things unknowingly, but the Bible already labels the behavior as a work of the flesh. And then, and, we, I'm, and this, the next one I'm going to bring up you, you, really blew your mind, hatred, variance, emulation, rash strikes, seditions, heresies. And seditions, listen, are divisions. Divisions. When you can't get along with people and, and you allow, we allow our emotions and our disagreements to divide, that's not the will of God the will of your flesh, and it's mostly because we haven't learned how to communicate through friction because of our environment. Because, yo, we had, a, we, had a, we, we had a beef. We had something going on. We had some friction. You know, we, we know how we're going to settle this. You know? and, and now because we, 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 we're not getting violent with anyone, we, we seem like we've lost the ability to communicate through disagreements. Listen, our disagreement should not be a conflict. It's just a disagreement. This is why we talk to each other in the body. This is why we love one each other in the body, because we understand, and I'm open that those that are listening and will listen to this broadcast will begin to understand that we have to have those mature conversations through those hard places until we both grow up enough that when we talk to each other, we, 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 we recognize the emotion. We recognize the flesh side, but we keep moving in love because we ain't, we, we're not living by the emotions of our flesh. And we know that that emotion ain't from God to hate you, to not like you, to separate from you. We know that ain't of God, so we know that's us, so we got to learn to get past that. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and a such like of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. When I read these things, I was in so many of these things. I was like, well, that, because we look at the things that's so obvious. But then it, was, it goes down to even the things that we don't see. Even the, you know when you when you feel in some way about somebody, but you smiling in their face, you know what's going on on the inside. Listen through the word of God that's written in Galatians. God already knows, and we know that we can't hide that. I want my heart to be pure before God. I didn't say perfect. I, I said I want it to be pure. I want I want God to know me and the way that I want to know me. I want God to, when he, when he sees me coming, that I have no hidden agenda in my heart when I come. I, I want to be able to come before him open when I'm upset. That's why I believe Daniel, Daniel, um, Proverbs Solomon tells us, look, come acknowledge him in all of your ways, not just the good ways. But when you're upset, when you're frustrated, when you're angry, when you're loving, when you're joyous, when you're rejoicing, when you're about to cuss, when you're at that point, when you're at the brink, when you're at your end, when you're at your best, when you're at your worst, but acknowledge him in all of those ways in, in the midst 
of the frustration, he'll direct you. In the midst of the shortcomings, he'll direct you. In the midst of the anger, he'll direct you. In the midst of the joy, he'll direct your path. If you acknowledge him in all of your ways, in every way, because he's our father, he knows where we were raised. He knows those things that pull us and pry us and prime us and pump us. He understands that. That's why he's given us the paraclete. That's why he's given us the helper. That's why he's given us of himself. If a spirit, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of each and every child of God, why? That we can get past this one night wonder, that we can get past this, you know, king and, you know, dictator, that one leader at the top of the pyramid. Why? Because we're all the same. We understand and we respect the gifts that God gives in the bodies, that prophets and pastors, apostles, evangelists, teachers. We, we understand the gifts that God gives. We understand the administration of the gifts that God gives, but it's God. There's God. We respect all men. We respect all women, but we understand that it's God that makes the gift work. It's God that makes it in the midst of the environment, in the, in the midst of what we are, in the midst of who we are, in the midst of where we raise, in the midst of what family we came in the midst of what stock we are, how we were bred, however you want to put it. God can make a difference if we surrender it to him. You say, Brother Aaron, I don't know how. I, I, I don't know how. To surrender. Well, what are you talking about? I I pray every day. Things just seem to get worse. I pray every day, and things are good. But you know, when I get upset, you know, um, God understands. I'm still under construction. God wants to move you out of the construction site and erect a building. We made. We are made of lively stones. Our fit is our function. Our fit. God cut us and is tempering us to fit exactly where he's placing us. And that's not by accident. That's not by happenstance. That's by precision. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and by the very hand of the creator for purpose, for passion, for promise, for the kingdom. God has made us that we may perfectly fit joint to joint, hand to hand, in where he is placing us. Our fit is our function. We've been made to play, be placed exactly by the strategy and the plan of God. But maybe you've never repented. Maybe you, may, maybe you haven't seen the need to repent. You, you recognize God. You believe in Jesus, but you've never repented of your sin. I want to lead you into a prayer, you know, because sometimes we, 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 I remember in the scripture when, it's, when, when the disciples came and the man was blind. He said he was blind from his birth. And the first thing, they was like, well, well who, who, why is he blind from birth? Who sinned, him or his parents? 
Is he blind? He got blind. What what sin? What maybe something unconfessed in your life, or maybe you've never confessed Christ as Savior before. I want to say a prayer for you, and I want you to repeat it with me. And God's going to do exactly what you ask Him to do. And after that, the next voice you'll hear will be that of Pastor Daly. And she's going to give you some instruction on how to further communicate with Purpose Kingdom. And hopefully we can get you directed into a spiritual house or church um, near you that's preaching and teaching the word of God that you may grow. Amen. So say, God, be merciful. Forgive me of my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Ask it in Jesus' name and to his glory. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and be Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. If you said what you meant and meant what you said, God has done what you've asked, done dearly in your spirit, but you want a place where you can grow and develop, that you can be disciplined and discipled, so continue in the word of God, that you may become a disciple of Christ. So pastors want to come and give you some information, congratulate those that have um, come and repented and come and been introduced to the kingdom of God, and then I'll come back with the final words and the benediction. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but that word this evening, I needed that word. I needed, I'm going to tell you, I was saying that I was under construction. I've been going through uh, uh, grieving the loss of my mother, and people been asking, how you doing? I was like, I'm under construction. But no, I heard I received that. I'm not under construction. I may be getting some repairs done, <laughs> but I'm not in that construction site. Hallelujah, God. I just thank you. I, I, oh, Jesus, I thank you. I praise God for that word tonight, and I know it was not just a word to uplift my spirit, but I thank and praise God by faith for those souls out there who I believe and know gave their lives to Christ this evening. You need to understand that the heavens are rejoicing over your soul this evening, and we are rejoicing with the heavens. Hallelujah, God. We encourage you to find the Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and where you can heal from the, the sins and the sickness and the illness of this world. We just bless God for you. Until you do, that's why God has Purpose Kingdom Network here just for you. You can follow us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. We are on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. You can email us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, know how we can be a blessing to you and for you. 
Now, normally at this point, we would be telling you to join us tomorrow for our next broadcast. However, the past uh, three months, we have had uh, two of our Purpose Kingdom Network family, myself, as well as Mother Janice Hudson, who we have both lost our mothers. Um, I, I, I will just share this, although we rejoice because we know our mothers are in the presence of the Lord, for the Word of God tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know our mothers were saved. We know where their souls are right this second. However, even though we rejoice for they are back home with our Savior and in the presence of God, walking streets of gold, we still ache because we feel that physical loss. So we want to let you know our next broadcast here, Purpose Kingdom Network, will be on March 1st. We will be rejoining the broadcast on March 1st. We will be broadcasting live once again. However, we are going to take this time to give everyone a moment to just heal, and not just us. The Leeds have had a major loss in their family also. This is just, you know, a season of new beginnings. If you add up 2024, that number comes to eight, and eight is God's number for new beginnings. This is just a season of new beginnings, and Sometimes it takes a second to adjust to that new beginning. However, although we will not be broadcasting live, you can still hear a word from the Lord at any time. You can go to our archive page right here at www.blogtalkradio forward slash purpose kingdom. Again, www.blogtalkradio forward slash purpose kingdom. And on there you can will hear of well over one thousand, almost two thousand different archives of the word of God being preached, taught, conversation on the word of God and just a word to bless and uplift your soul. We thank and bless God for each and every one of you who are listening and following with us. I'm excited because I know that when we come back together by March 1st, God will be doing some new and amazing things in all of our lives. I cannot wait, but until then, know that we are praying for you. We are praying with you. Bless God for the man of God, Reverend Aaron, again, I was over here just crying. I'm like, God, please let me stop crying before he called me. Please, God, just let me stop crying. Please, God. I thank you for that word this evening. It was a mighty, awesome word. And as always, I thank you for your obedience to the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. The ministry is back in your hands. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so much. I, I, I was sitting on the couch earlier today, and I was thinking about the things that our hearts get over. You know, a loss of a job. You know, um, you know, we lost some money, you know, vehicle, some worldly possessions. But that grief, that that grief seems to try to linger, and, and it comes comes in waves sometimes. That when we think we're over it, then all of a sudden. You know, um, something comes up, you know, maybe a date, maybe an occasion, maybe a smell, and then those emotions come again. And I I understand, I'm beginning to understand the grieving process 
you know, and I, I welcome grief when it comes. You know, um, I used to try to fight it because I thought as a Christian that, you know, I'm not supposed to be sad like that. And I understand not being overcome with sadness and overcome with grief. But, you know, when my son was killed, I cried and I cried. You know, and when I thought I was over it, six months later, I looked across the street and I seen a guy look just like him from the back. And I knew it couldn't have been him. And when he turned sideways and I seen it wasn't him, but when he turned his head back around the other way, he looked just like him. And the tears just filled my eyes over again. I was like, wow. You know, and ever, ever so often I still get emotional about it. So, but I understand that grief comes in waves. It, it don't leave, like, memories of other losses. You know, it, 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 it comes and it hits you. Know, so when the tears come past, let them come. Oh, don't try to fight it. Just come and thank God that you have memories. You know, and and it's a easy, it's it's a blessed memory when you know in whom they believed in. But we thank God for you, and I pray God in the name of Jesus for Pastor Toy, her family, God, and all of the loved ones that you know are still grieving. Some aren't saying anything, but some are still bearing and carrying grief, I pray that you would strengthen them and that you would just encourage them in their grief, you know, in their bereavement as they go through um, with the emotion and the loss of a mother, God. I can't imagine. I've lost a son. I've lost two sons, but I can't imagine to lose a mother, my God. God, even thinking about it breaks my heart. And I pray for every bereaved that's under the sound of this broadcast, God, that's lost a loved one, that's lost a parent, that's lost a child. We lift up the Hudson family, God, in the name of Jesus before you, that you would be with them and strengthen them, comfort them, because you're the God of all comfort. You're the God of all flesh, God, and we understand and you understand loss for your own son, God, was crucified for us all. God, and we just pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would wrap your arms around them, let them feel you closer than ever before. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to read this scripture, and then we're just going to close out in prayer. But um, I, I did come from here a little bit today out of Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read from verse 6 down to 11. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. My God, hallelujah. Our problems are a press or a press. I want to say pressure cooker and press at the same time to squeeze out the life of Christ in our lives. My God, what a what a test, but what a testimony. Who wants to go through craziness just that Christ would be seen? 
my God. So I God pray in the name of Jesus, God, that even as death is working in our flesh, life is working in our inner man. For our inner man is renewed day by day in you. For we understand that in you we live and move and have our being. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that every area of our lives, you made us ministers of reconciliation, God. And Christ is your remedy for sin. God, we pray that as we live by faith and walk with you, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would manifest yourself in us, through us. God, that we may be that light that's on the hill, that we may be that city that's on the hill, that we may be that salt that's in the earth, that we may be the flavor that the world needs. God, the world doesn't need entertainment. They need you. And we want to be those vessels, God, by which your glory is revealed in the earth. So we say yes to your will. We say use us to your glory. We say forgive us and cleanse us, God, that our prayer, our fellowship may reach you as a sweet smell and savor in your nostrils. Bless Blog Talk Radio, God. Thank you for the venue. Thank you for the open door. Bless Purpose Kingdom. Bless every hearer in the name of Jesus, God, and prayers their strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You all have a great evening. Our next broadcast, let me check the date. I know it'll be in March, but our next broadcast will be March the 5th, right here at 8 p.m. God bless you. Make a note of it, and we'll see you in church. God bless you. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose.